0: What your most important thing to me is what your show history is in my market. That's okay. what I want to know. I honestly don't even want an attachment, put it in the email, short and sweet. Do not send me a long form email. That's full of links. Okay. Tell me what you're doing, what your plan is. If you have something upcoming, whether it's releases or a tour or festivals. And if you don't have hard ticket history, yeah. Who have you supported for? Who have you toured with? What are your streaming numbers? specifically in the market if you can report that to me too i'm probably gonna go check up on it honestly that's what's important to me and yes i will also look at a live video too but first and foremost i want to say that
1: this episode is brought to you by band zoogle from garage bands to grammy winners band zoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world i can tell you firsthand Banzoogle is awesome. I've been using them for years. I've built many, many websites on Banzoogle. It's super simple. You don't need any coding knowledge, graphic design knowledge. I'm actually a really terrible graphic design artist. I'd like to think I'm okay, I'm decent. I have Photoshop and you know, I've designed my fair share of show posters over the years. I should not have. I'm not a good graphic design artist. I know my strengths and weaknesses anyway. Banzoogle, you don't need any of that. You can be a horrible graphic design artist like me. You don't need any coding knowledge. I know very, very, very basic HTML that I learned about 15 years ago. I can still design kick-ass websites on Banzoogle. They also have a bunch of other cool features like a way to create an EPK. You can host and create your custom domain name. There's tools to sell your music and merch it's all com- commission free. There's a mailing list. There's social media integrations. They have a crowdfunding feature, which is very new and very cool. They have a subscription service, kind of like Patreon. Also, all commission free. If you want to try out Bandzoogle, you can go to bandzoogle.com. Use the code ARI. That's just A R I, my name, ARI for 15% off the first year of any subscription, but you get a 30-day free trial to just give it a go. Try it out. What's going on welcome to The New Music Business. I'm your host, Ari Herstand, author of How To Make It In The New Music Business, the book, third edition coming very soon. Today, my guest is Jordan Anderson. She is the talent buyer, also known as a booker, for the Troubadour. Yes, the legendary West Hollywood venue, the Troubadour, that's been around for decades. You know, the one that Elton John uh, famously levitated at, um, if you saw Rocketman. Anyway, I... I love this room. I love this venue. It is one of my favorite venues in the world. It is a place that I've seen so many of my favorite shows at. It was a real treat to to chat with Jordan and hear about her booking process and uh, how she goes about talent buying in this historic. Room. We get into everything from how deals are structured to how she likes to be pitched, sample emails, exactly uh, what she likes to to see from agents and managers and artists, um, how to get local support if you want to be a, a local support, uh, her philosophy around booking, and just where the landscape is at kind of post covid if we can call it that at this point and and kind of buyer behaviors and and when shows are selling how they're selling philosophy around uh, merch cuts venues taking a uh, percentage of of band's merch we even get in, into pay to play and uh all of that so it's a fascinating conversation it was a real treat to to chat with her i know you're going to enjoy this one if you like live music and you're in the live music space. And even if you don't, it's very fascinating. As always, please find all of us that make the show happen at Ari's Take on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. You can find me at Ari Herstand on Instagram and Twitter. Find The Troubadour on Instagram, Twitter. And if I heard correctly, I believe now TikTok. So you can can check them out there. And you can find Jordan on Instagram. That's Insta Jans, J-A-N-D-S. And uh, tag her and tell her you, you dug the episode. Visit take.com Get on that email list. That's where you're going to find the most relevant, up-to-date information all about the new music business. We send out emails there uh, once in a while, fairly regularly. We'll let you know when there's new episodes out. But subscribe to the show. Just Actually, right now, just click the pause button. Just pause it and and hit that subscribe or hit that follow button so you get all of our future episodes in your feed. And if you could, while the episode's paused, leave a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you're digging the show, if you've listened to a few and you you haven't left us a, a review that would be awesome if you want us to keep doing this uh let us know and if you're on youtube feel free to give us a comment and i I love reading those comments i try to get back to everyone that i can all right let's kick into the show jordan anderson welcome to the show hi how's it going hi (laughs) good um so i'm i'm very excited for for this conversation um The Troubadour, I mean, the Troubadour needs no introduction. It is probably one of the most famous venues in the world. Um, But on a personal note, like, it is very meaningful to me. I have seen countless shows. I mean, it's got to be 40, 50 shows, something like that over the years. Uh, Some of my favorite shows of all time have been at the Troubadour. I mean, like, I saw saw god at the show tr- i mean it's just like you know it's yeah. like these incredible experiences <laughs> and it's like you know it just keeps happening and you know i think for people that don't go to as many shows they might you know have a, a magical experience at a show one time somewhere whatever and they're like, oh, sure. it's that band that's so awesome or whatever. Or, you know, and I, by going to so many shows and playing so many shows myself, like I, you know, venues got to feel, you know, it, there's so much that goes into making a show uh, special. Now, why is the Troubadour so special? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's the wood walls.
1: Sorry. No. Okay. Um, I mean,
0: honestly, like everyone knows. I mean, most people know who's stuck foot in there, right? We have Elton John who started there. You have mm-hmm. the Laurel Canyon sound artist who started there. And then you have mm-hmm. the 80s um, with the hair metal um, mm-hmm. and then everything that's come since. And I think you feel that right when you walk in the room mm. and then you look at the walls at the memorabilia that's on the walls. And then you're quickly reminded. You're like, holy shit. Wow. Mm. And I even when I walk into that front bar, I find something new almost every time and I'm there most nights. So (laughs) yeah, it's pretty crazy. And ironically, I had never seen a show with a troubadour before I took the job what
1: <laughs> oh my god isn't that like a prerequisite to book right? in the room I mean was <laughs> I you know I know Amy Madrigali who was your predecessor uh yeah I, I know her real well and and you know um tell me about that taking over because um sure. you know I I know it was probably it was gosh it must have been what over COVID I think I I think she said that a year I feel like ago I, Okay. Oh, a year ago. So, you're celebrating one year. Congratulations. Yeah, I just
0: did. So, I'm at a year and a month yesterday. Um, I started, tech. I technically announced I started, I guess, August 13th of 2021. Um, But yeah, so how that went down was Evan Bright, who's a good friend of mine, Mm -hmm. um, is really good friends with Amy. Mm -hmm. And Evan called me one day and I, I remember I just got done working out and i was in nashville i moved here from nashville was there eight Mm -hmm. years and i was actively actually looking to go back to ac entertainment live nation which is where i was pre-pandemic um and he called me and he said i know you got the dog and the yard and the girlfriend and the house but would you ever move to la to book the troubadour and i was like what (laughs) and i was like i mean i'll take that call i mean shit, yeah, that's yeah. so unexpected um moving to la is not ever something that was on my radar to be honest mm, um wow. i thought i was in nashville and that was my place and that was almost going to be it maybe um but yep. la just really wasn't ever on my radar so yeah i took the call talked to christine talked to amy um christine I actually is the manager christine is the manager or general manager and owner um her father um, is the one who bought it from Doug Weston Got it. in the nineties, okay, cool. um, but yeah. So she, I actually turned it down at first because they needed someone here in two weeks, and I was like, wow. "There's no way." I was <laughs> like, "I'm sorry, there's no way." And then yeah. Christine, I guess, ended up talking to Amy, and she was Amy was able to stick around a little longer. Cool. Um, and Christine called me back, and she was like, "If we can get you out here and on board." And I let you, you know, if you're able to work from Nashville for a month or however long you need, can we make this work? Mm. I was like, okay, it sounds like it's meant to be. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's what I did. I came out here.
1: How met about the everybody. convincing of the uh, the girlfriend and the dog to, to make, the you big, know. <laughs> the make the big
0: move? <laughs> uh, the dog was way more on board and he's pretty I... happy out here, <laughs> actually. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So... Sure. Met Amy. Amy and I are now good friends. I check in with her. You know, she's on hiatus cool. in Europe at the moment. Um, having mm-hmm. a great time yeah. hit it off with Christine. And you know, it all it worked out working out those first two months were definitely tough um, moving mm-hmm. to a completely different part of the country taking a new sure. job. Nobody really knows me out here or didn't know me personally, you know, so
2: yeah. it
0: was a lot and yeah. coming out of COVID where I really didn't work that much. So Getting back into the groove of being on email every day. Mm. It oh my was gosh. Tough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine. And what were you doing? You said before that you were at Live Nation, or I thought I read like Live Nation, yeah. or EG, I guess it's all kind of so, a Yeah. So
0: I had taken a job as a buyer with AC Entertainment in January of 2020. Okay. Um, oh, AC wow. got bought fully by Live Nation or fully acquired um, in January of 2020 as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So technically, I work for Live Nation. Um, I didn't get to see any of my shows play off. So I Mm. was furloughed in May of 2020 and then officially Mm -hmm. laid off in January of 21. So I was doing some freelance booking and marketing in Nashville Mm. and then, again, actively trying to get my job back and having those conversations before I got this call.
1: So you Um, had done some talent buying uh, previously uh that yes. was kind of cuz i know you'd worked at a few well yeah tell me tell me a little bit about so, your. so yeah
0: mm-hmm. sure so um i'm from mississippi um tupelo elvis's birthplace which you know nice. works for what's going on right now around sure. that right. um i went to the university of georgia and was in the music business program there with David barbie um i worked for widespread panic when i was in college and that's kind of what got me into I want to be in live, you know, Mm -hmm. um, seeing that band go and do their thing. Um, I really respect them and what they do and how they do it. Um, and then I was moved to Nashville after I graduated, um, not really knowing anybody and was Lenore Kinder's intern at AG. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what led me into, okay, I think I want to be in this space and promoter world. Um, so I was the buying and marketing intern there. Mm. And then they didn't have an opening, so I became the marketing director at Marathon Music Works and exited. Okay. So I was a marketer before I was a buyer. So marketing exited director the, there. The music
1: venue in Nashville. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So I moved to Nashville straight out of college.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So yeah, marketer there for a few years, and then went back to AEG and was the marketing manager, turned eventually marketing director, basically. Um, with Lenore, Tender, Ali Harnell, Dustin Turner, mm-hmm. um, which all of those people are now somewhere else, um, but had an amazing time in that
1: office. Um, what is Lenore kind of mm-hmm. Oh, no, go for it.
0: I oh, was gonna say so Lenore kind of helped groom me a little bit into mm-hmm. becoming a buyer. I actually booked my first show when I was still the marketer at Marathon and Exiden, um mm-hmm. in 2016. It was rainbow kitten surprise before they actually took off. Cool. Um, show sold out um and that really put that spark in me like oh yeah this is what i want to
1: do oh nice yeah Yeah. so right tell me what a a marketing manager marketing director does at a promotion at a a promoter like ag
0: sure so i was in charge of marketing eventually all of the shows but at first i was doing clubs and theaters and then moved into absolutely everything so stadiums arenas down to the clubs. Um, and Mm -hmm. we had the Southeast region. So I was doing Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Louisville. Um, but mainly our main market was obviously Nashville.
1: Um, yeah. And would, and would you be working with, uh, the artists, management on uh, kind of collaborating on promoting the shows or would you primarily, did you have just your strategy of, okay, we do, you know, these ad buys we work Mm -hmm. on, you know, this kind of marketing or kind of step me through that. How, how you go about marketing such big shows?
0: Totally depends on the show, obviously and your budget. Right. And Mm -hmm. then
1: whether you're talking to management or just the
0: agency is kind of the artist's discretion or what they prefer, right. Every, every act's different with that. Um, sure. most of the bigger shows you're just talking to the agencies the and agency, running everything sure. through them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, on a big show, um, I actually got to work on the Elton John tour that's wrapping up right now.
2: Wow. Cool. Cause it
0: started five years ago or right. four years ago, <laughs> ago <at laughs> right. this point. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, those are no brainer, right? They're going to sell help, sure. but yes. it's kind of just making sure there's awareness that he's coming. So, Mm-hmm. Placing radio, placing TV, placing billboard, placing mm-hmm. you know, snipes, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I was in charge of that, um, and had a digital marketer work that worked under me and an assistant too. So we had cool. a good solid team, um, nice. doing everything
1: awesome. So let's uh kind of taking it back to the troubadour now. Um, you know, it's a what a 550 cap room, is that right? 500. 500 okay 500 Mm -hmm. cap room um so it's a it's a totally different philosophy than a lot of these rooms that aeg was probably managing that that you're working with i mean i guess the exit in is is a similar size or what's the
0: for sure yeah Yeah. it's actually the well at the time it was that i marketed it it was the exact same cool so you're trying to do a lot with a little
1: (laughs) right (laughs) exactly i mean Mm -hmm. you know it's i think the troubadour has uh the benefit of the legacy, the history, the name recognition, and just kind of—it's a room that every artist wants to play, and every music fan wants to go to. So I, I think you kind of have that on your side. Whereas, like when I talk to other buyers or promoters at similar-sized clubs or even slightly bigger, you know, they don't necessarily have that on their side. Like I was just speaking with Paul Bocker, um, who does mm-hmm. Brooklyn Bowl, Philly, mm-hmm. and uh, and Brooklyn. Um, You know, and and summer is much slower for them. And, I mean, it's slower across the board because you have festivals and you have, you know, uh, radius clauses where bands aren't allowed to play venues within a certain radius outside of the festival. But it seems like the Troubadour is always kicking and always doing great shows and always, you know, having shows that are um, packed and sold out. And so I I feel like you kind of have that going for you. But at the same time, like... I'm curious, you know, what is your philosophy when it comes to who you're going to to book?
0: Sure, um, you're definitely right, but also, it's not that simple anymore, right? Okay. Um, yeah, I think we're still not back to being as busy as we were before COVID. You know, okay. um, so. While that does happen and you do see it happen because of the name, 1,000%, we still have to market our shows, um, sure. especially sure. with the amount of traffic that's happening right now due to COVID and mm. just everybody's touring. Everybody's right. touring. Mm. So my philosophy at the moment is, is just keep it in front of people. Whatever that means, we need to keep it in front of people because they will forget because they're you're getting so much thrown at you right now. and you can only spend you can only be so many places and you can only spend so much money right 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 on shows um so yeah going back to what you said on philosophy of booking i mean Mm -hmm. I mostly book directly with agents and yes, I'm mostly being outreach too, but I still have, we still have those slow summer months too. So I still sure. have to sometimes do my own outreach or go find that local band that needs to fill a date for me um, mm. in the summer, which happens, which, you know, it's hard to say this is the standard at the Tribune, because we're coming off of a time that just doesn't make sense and things still yeah. feel like they don't make sense. Um, sure. So it's hard to say like, this is how it works, but this is how it's worked this mm. year yeah um so yeah and every show hasn't sold out and they don't and they won't um sure. i showed last night that didn't sell out mm-hmm. it was still great still happy to have them yeah but as far as like having that turnkey situation where we're just cranking them out and going i don't think it's the same as it was
1: um so let- Let's talk about that a little bit, because I'm, I'm curious, uh, right, what the conversations are in the talent buying community um, of where we're at right now, you know, end of summer coming into fall 2022, mm-hmm. uh, would like to think things are back to normal or starting to get back to normal, but you said they're not. And and do you feel like this is a new normal or do you feel like we're still, you um, Climb our way back to what hopefully will be what we were pre-pandemic
0: the answer is i'm really not sure if we'll ever get back to how we were pre-pandemic or not for a while i mean obviously the economy plays into that and we don't have to go down that path but i don't think people are drinking like they used to i don't think people are going out like they used to or staying out as late as they used to Mm. i also think we all saw um our drop counts or where people had bought tickets for shows that were rescheduled and ultimately they just decided not to show up because that $20 was like, eh, I'd rather stay home. It's not worth me going across town. And I have that mentality a little bit too, because you know, eight hours of sleep is nice, you know, sometimes (laughs) staying on the couch just feels right. So I get that because I was someone and I'm getting back into it, but pre pandemic, I was going to four to five shows a week for sure in Nashville lot easier to do that, to go to multiple shows in the night, um, et cetera. But that, I mean, it took me a second here to be like those, on those days where I wasn't already at the office and I just didn't have to just stay or Mm. didn't have the opportunity to stay. Yeah. And I'm coming, I'm living, you know, Echo Park. And mm-hmm. to make that twenty five minute hour, I'm like, damn, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just don't wanna do it. <laughs> like yeah, I feel and it's that. just your own internal, you know, like, damn, hey, I'd rather just sit here because it feels better and yeah, you know, and that's not me taking advantage of the job or anything. It's just it's a yeah. product of COVID and what sure. we went through, I think, you know. And I, you know, talking to our peers about this and some people mm-hmm. are in the same positions, they feel it too. Yeah. Um, so I know I'm not I'm not alone there. Um
2: mm-hmm.
0: so I think the general public is also feeling that, and I get it. Yes. Um, I We had a show this week, though, that my book, Christine, said to me, she said, this feels like what it used to, wow. where it was a Tuesday night show, sold-out show. Everybody stayed after. I mean, I left, I think, close to 1130, and people the bar was still slammed. The front bar was still slammed, and I haven't seen that happen yet. Wow. So I think that's a good sign, but yep. you know, for us, cause obviously as you know, the majority of our money is made on the floor, if not all. Yep. Yep. Um, so we're having mm. people in the room, right? So as long as we can keep the room full and engaged, we prefer it that way. Um, sure. so I haven't seen that happen very often. So that was a optimistic for our fall. Our fall is absolutely slammed. Yeah. Um, this I'm is going to be the, the busiest we've been since covid um, mm-hmm. we are booked every day, but one in October at the moment. And I believe wow. I will fill that date. Yep. Um, and basically <laughs> we're booked every day end of September through mid December.
1: Wow. Um, Incredible. Every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And that feels awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you also seen with just kind of the buyer behaviors and the fan behaviors, um, a difference in. When shows uh, sell out, or or if they sell out, or when people are actually making the decision to buy tickets, has that gotten sure. has that that lead time gotten a lot shorter?
0: You know, I have I've had this conversation a lot in the past couple of weeks because it's so unpredictable. The mm. only genre that I will put a blanket statement on at the moment is mm. pop is selling pop is selling like crazy. Mm. Whether that's on the front end and selling out or closing out in the last two weeks. Mm. That's what's selling the most for us at the moment overall. Um, Otherwise, yes, it's mostly a back end sell at the moment. We're mostly you know, spending the majority of our marketing dollars on the back end. Not that that really was different to begin with, just you know, with such small budgets and a small club, that's what you're gonna do anyway. But Mm -hmm. For the most part, because again, it's a product of having so much um, out there, so many options that sure. people are making these last minute decisions if they can. But of course, as you know, we're the Troubadour and we get those big underplays. So those are going to sell out you know, immediately, and, pretty and much the- no matter what.
1: Right, and just to to clarify for people that don't know what an underplay sure. is, um, it's like when a, an act that could normally play an arena or w- is about to go on an arena tour or something like that, a big a giant tour, uh, decides to book the Troubadour as um, kind of a fun, uh, maybe warm up show for the the big tour or an unannounced last minute show or something something like that, right?
0: Right. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Um, um or an album release or a okay. single re- or they just fucking feel like
1: right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember uh one of the last shows that i saw uh at the troubadour uh pre-lockdown was the black keys that was their underplay it was it was essentially their tour warm-up they had one show here they had one show in new york post
0: COVID, you mean you mean in may
1: no, this was. uh, this oh, they've was like, done it
0: twice. Yeah, know, but... yeah, they did it twice. Okay. They did this okay.
1: one. Um, I, I want to say it was like February. Wait a minute. Oh. Yeah, it was like February 2020 or March 2020 oh. or something like that. that. Yeah, you um, know,
0: we just did it again.
1: Oh, cool. I was not at that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But right now. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's now all yeah. kind of like coming back is like they tried, they had the entire arena tour booked that obviously got canceled over 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that was that was a fun, a fun show and a fun night. Um, so you, you mentioned earlier that you primarily work with agents when booking shows. Um, now, with a 500 cap, room and something that you know in a town like la which is just Mm -hmm. bursting at the seams with local talent um some with representation some with not um how do you approach kind of the local acts that that are doing well that have draws that maybe could put bills together or something like that could fill the room um how often do you work directly with artists on kind of putting those kind of shows together
0: Sure. Um, it tends to be in the seasons where we're not super busy. Um, and I, if I do read every, pretty much every outreach email that comes to me. Hmm. Um, but I can typically quickly figure out is one, does this make sense for us? And does it make sense for artists too? Sure. You know, those go hand in hand, um, just by doing my due diligence and looking them up, looking at their numbers, looking, asking either asking them for their show history or going to validate what they're telling me they've done.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because look, I, I look, I, I am totally into a It's it's something um, I love. It's part of the reason I took this job, I wouldn't have moved across the country for any other 500 category, most likely. Yes. Um, and, and I respect that I respect that hustle. Um, so, but if you come to, if you approach a troubadour and you don't know how many tickets you can sell in LA, have never played the market or you know you're averaging 100 to 200, it doesn't make sense. Sure. It does not make sense for us. It doesn't make sense for you mm-hmm. and we need to hold off. So what I encourage them to do is hey, we're not there yet
2: mm-hmm.
0: Please go play a small room and keep me updated mm-hmm. um, and report back. And when you mm-hmm. get there, you know let's look at it otherwise. I'm going to keep you on a short list for local sport acts because I do get asked that and I do submit very mm-hmm. weekly, you know? So there is that other side of that is it hasn't really happened a lot yet, but there will be like a time where I randomly have a date and where I need to try to um, fill it with local acts and build a bill. So mm-hmm. if that's the case and I can look at, you know, some artists that make sense to play together who are worth, you know, hundred, 200 tickets each, then I will consider that. And, um, you know, give them a local deal as we call it, um, to come try to play the Troubadour mm-hmm. so far, it hasn't happened a lot. And that is again, a product of everyone's touring right now. So, sure. you know, I'm, I'm, more likely, and I would say the ma- majority of the buyers in the world. said so that's, I'm more likely going to talk to someone about a band who has representation that approaches me from, you know, sure. an agency, um, mm-hmm. who can report show history to me, or, mm-hmm. you know, hey, this is exactly what this artist is doing. We, pl- we think this is gonna pop off. Here's the stats to back it up. Or here's why we think so. Um, to play the
1: room. Sure.
0: Versus so- someone, you know, reaching out to me on the form on yeah. the Troubadour website.
1: Sure. That makes sense. So let's talk show history and what that means and what you like to see uh, in a pitch sure. email about that.
0: Sure. Um, I, he- I heard this conversation with Paul and I agree uh-huh. with what he said. Okay. I don't want it to be complicated. I honestly don't even want an attachment. I agree. Put it in the email, short and sweet. Do not send me a long form email that's full of links and whatever. Okay. Tell me, what you're doing, what your plan is, if you have something upcoming, whether it's releases or a tour festivals, whatever, what your most important thing to me is what your show history is in my market. That's what I want to know. Or, and if you don't have hard ticket history, yeah. Who have you supported for? Who have you toured with? Mm. Um, You know, what, what are your streaming numbers? Specifically in the market. If you can, if you can report that to me too, I'm probably going to go check up on it, honestly. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's what's important to me. And yes, I will also look at a live video too. But first and foremost, I want to see that. Mm. I want to see those stats first so and foremost. In the,
1: this is interesting. So, um, In the email, meaning you would like everything included, even if the email is a bit longer, whereas uh, some people would link to, let's say, like an EPK, like a one sheet, a one page on the website, you want everything embedded in the email? Well,
0: if if you're just going to type me a quick note and then send that attachment, great. I don't want to see a whole thing I got to read through and then that on top and then, you know, like again yep. short and sweet so short whatever sweet. that means really yes. but i will say if you send that attachment and you do put hey here is our history in la
1: yes in
0: that top part of that email that's that's amazing to me
1: Is that the most important uh, part to you is because, you know, you have to fill the room. Um, Is it kind of show history and then it's like, oh, and by the way, we play music, too. Here's links to the music, uh, YouTube, whatever, live video. What are you looking for in addition to show history, ticket sales?
0: You know, I'm not discrediting either. But again, it's like I have a threshold. And my my goal is to at least break even on every show in ticket sales. Right, that's that's my goal.
1: Anything else on top of that
0: depends on the deal. Depends on the ticket price. Um, so typically, it's around two hundred to three hundred tickets for us, depending on the deal okay. and the ticket price. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't really do a ticket lower than eighteen dollars in the room. Okay. You'll see a few things we do. We do, wish to do it. We, we do do a showcase called with Sound Collective Presents about once mm-hmm. every two months. And they will have sometimes have a little lower um, of a ticket price. But pretty much I'm not doing a ticket under 18 bucks because that's as low as I can go
2: sure. <clears throat> to break even. Sure.
0: So that's kind of where we're at. I and mean, then everyone's expenses have gone up. And previously that was about, I think, the lowest ticket Amy was doing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Was
1: 15 pre COVID. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's all, yeah. Uh, inflation's real. Um, it is very real, up. man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Um, okay. So, I mean, and that's that's helpful. Um, but you also mentioned um, you sometimes put on local support. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's a lot of artists out there that would like to be considered for local support. What What is that perfect pitch email to you? from an artist, like how should you be approached if they sure. wanna be local support?
0: For that, um, still keeping it simple as you can. I still don't want like a million links from you. They're yeah. like, hey, this is who we are. This is what we sound like.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, here's, here is a live video of us. Um, mm-hmm. And here's who we've played with before too, um, or what we've done. But as far as I'm not looking obviously at numbers as much there as I am does this make sense for the bill more or, mm-hmm. or less? So, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely, ultimately I'm still pitching to the headliner. It def- definitely comes down to their decision, but I'm okay. filtering that out um, gotcha. for them gotcha. a little bit. If I'm asked, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of the majority of touring acts are carrying support these days. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, it's probably about once, maybe every two weeks, um, I'm filling a support slot for somebody too.
1: And is that because the headliner needs that local buffer in in sales? Do they ask you to find acts that can bring 50, 100, 150, 200 tickets? Sometimes.
0: Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes it's a show that's doing just fine on its own, and that's not as important as just, hey, we want something that resounds with us and sounds good and will warm up this crowd and get excited. Yeah. Got it. It just depends on the show
1: cool. Um, let's talk deals. Uh, what do your deals look like? I, um, you know, just across the board, how do you structure these?
0: Sure. Um, for the most part, we're either promoter profit or door deal. And
1: explain what those mean.
0: Um, sure. So door deal, you're getting a percentage at the door from dollar one. Okay. um and from every profit you're getting a guarantee and then you're getting 85 percent after we break even um okay so you
1: you you lift you list an expenses number um mm-hmm. and that's
0: what? yeah and we settle we settle on real expenses average expenses yeah. in our room are about three k
1: Okay. So after three yeah. K it's a so it's kind of a versus deal. It's like you're gonna get this guarantee versus or an or an addition. It's, plus it's additional.
0: It's a plus. Oh, nice. It's a plus still. Oh, so promoter profit okay. is a plus deal. Um, I've it. done a couple of versus, but typically here, yeah, I'm doing door deals and mm-hmm. plus deals.
1: And yeah. door deals, uh, what are we talking about in terms of percent?
0: Support? I depending on the ticket price. Sure. Um it's typically we start uh, like the lowest I go is fifty. Okay. okay. Um, and that's on the low dollar ticket,
1: right? You mean the lowest and that you would go in the terms of percent. what you pay? The band is fifty, meaning you're not taking any more than fifty percent. The troubadour is not taking any more than fifty percent. Okay, gotcha. correct.
0: Um, and obviously, with that being at fifty percent from dollar one, that fifty percent mm-hmm. we're getting is covering our expenses, so right. that we're not. It's not a expenses then fifty percent. It's sure. Sure. You're getting 50% from dollar from one, dollar one. Um, but that's typically on lower ticket prices in the room. So it kind of okay. scales up from there. As you raise your ticket price, I will raise that percentage alongside it.
1: Got it. Now, you mentioned that the majority of your uh, money comes from the bar. So mm-hmm. is kind of, you know, that break even and, and looking at kind of where you're going to make the numbers work in terms of ticket sales or or that. Is that just kind of like you want to cover the nut and then it's essentially like profit is, is bar and then so you can kind of like, you know, the venue needs to stay open. And so that's kind mm-hmm. of where that, that money comes from.
0: Yeah, exactly. So obviously, I'm based on the type of show it is and the crowd they're bringing, you mm-hmm. know, that I'm paying attention to that with what type of deal you're getting to. Mm-hmm. Um, it is definitely uh, related. Yeah. Um, and correlated so okay.
1: yeah um cool so you know the troubadour um is an independent venue it's not owned by live nation it's not owned by ag it's not owned by golden voice i mean it's hard to find an, an indie venue in la these days i mean you know golden voice uh has so many that they, they have the roxy they have the fauna they have the l ray um live nation's got the echo now um you know as an independent venue, um, I guess, give me some of the the pros and cons of being an independent venue. Real quick, I wanna let you know about 2Lost. 2Lost is a new distribution company to the space. And let me tell you, I am very impressed with them. I, I got a full deep dive demo with the founder, and yeah, they're very innovative, and when you come into the distribution space at this stage with how crowded it is, you better be innovative, and they are. Yes, they will get your music out to Spotify, Apple Music, all the places, plus 450 other outlets around the world. They do not take a commission. This is why 300,000 artists and labels have already used them. They've already distributed 7 million songs. They offer payment splitting and they don't charge your collaborators for this service for the payment splitting. They will just pay your collaborators directly for free. They have publishing administration with BMG. So, you know, it's legit. A lot of distributors have, have fallen into trouble with using some other uh, less than legit pub admin services. Well, Tulos is partnered with BMG. You know, it's legit. They offer instant royalty advances. Uh, this is something that's very cool. And if you have historical streaming data, and you need just a bulk payment up front, they can see how much your music has earned in the past. I'm like, Alright, we think we know what you're going to earn in the next three years. Here's a check for 100 grand or whatever it will be. And you can just click a button and get that distributed and um, into your account immediately. They do lyrics and credits distribution for free. They have a very innovative analytics platform where, yes, you will see real-time analytics for Spotify, Apple Music, but also Pandora, Deezer, SoundCloud, and Peloton. They're the only ones that do Peloton. Uh, they also have a service where you can search the internet wherever your music is being used, and it will just show you a chart of Everywhere, every TikTok video, everywhere, every YouTube video, everywhere your music is possibly being used. I- I've never seen this before. That was very cool. They'll register with SoundExchange, and they have a fraud prevention tool, and they're doing fraud prevention. So if you're worried about your music you know, getting a bot attack or something like that and getting ripped down, which we've seen is a big issue, uh, they have fraud prevention tools that are better than most other distributors that I have seen. Check out 2Lost. You can just go to 2Lost.com. Use the promo code Ari's Take for three months free and try them out. Let them know what you think.
0: Sure. Um, One, I'm the only booker. There's nobody else. Um, And it is family owned and operated. So there's (laughs) the pros and cons of that. But we're a very close-knit group, tight group. I know everybody who works there. Um, Mm -hmm. And we you know, we get to hang out every day. And that's a good time. Um, yeah, with us controlling ourselves. Yeah, there's nobody telling us what to do, how to run the room, who to book, who to book with. Um, you know, I, I don't have to, you know, for the most part, we're seeing this Switzerland between we have good relationships with AEG and live Nation, however, they don't come into the room. But right. I do get to you know, some if an artist wants to play the troubadour, typically, if they have a tour deal with ARG, AG or Nation, we do get to have those shows in the room as one-offs mm-hmm. because I'm not seeing as necessarily a competition in that aspect. I'm not growing that artist to the next room, right? It's right. you're playing the right. troubadour and then you can go play with whoever you want to after that and I have right. no say or care at, you know, in regards to that. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that is one of the biggest differences for me and, and especially in this town. I mean, there's it's a town that's you know, very competitive between those two, um, promoters and, you know, Nashville was, um, it's, I feel like it's leaning one side over the other currently, but, you know, this is the most competitive market I've ever been in for sure. And one of the most competitive markets that exists. So, Mm -hmm. You know, it's fun to be a part of that. It's fun, you know, to get to be in a room where everybody actually does want to play it. So I do have that advantage where sometimes it doesn't matter what AEG and Live Nation are offering. The artist wants to play the Troubadour, um, so I get the show anyway. Yeah, Um, And it doesn't come down to money all the time.
1: Cool. That's great. I'm curious, um, when it comes to um, newer acts, or I should say acts that maybe haven't played the market, but are being, you know, maybe our priority to an agency or Mm -hmm. something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. What you do to, I guess, uh, validate or protect yourself or, you know, because I I think I've been hearing this a lot, and I'm I'm curious your take on this or if you've seen this. Um, Streaming numbers, as as we know, uh, are not always great indicators of ticket sales. Uh, I've heard horror stories of Spotify darlings who are, you know, we're talking tens of millions of streams, probably like million plus 2 million monthly listeners that are struggling to sell 30, 40 tickets a night. And it's like they're playing these like 400 cap room, 500 cap rooms, and it's empty. And I've been, I've been seeing this uh, and hearing this. Uh, have you experienced that? What do you look for in kind of these, these acts that maybe are are being, you know, are the priority ones and they, they looks like their social media and their streaming numbers are very impressive. Uh, sure. What is your layer deeper that you go?
0: So there is no right or wrong answer to that, first of all, and there is no way to predict it. So let me mm-hmm. preface there. Um, I hear you on the... Sometimes they're not worth any tickets if they have numbers. But what I will do is go dial in on where are those numbers coming from? Are they coming from here?
2: Mm. Because if
0: they are, there may be an exception to that, right? Mm. So that is, I will go look at the streaming markets and what your top 10 are and how many many listeners are in this market. Because there are artists who exist that have millions of followers or streams, but they may only have a thousand people listening in LA right now. Um, so that those exist, um, I think TikTok, you know, is also a player in that. That you know, a lot of people assume, hey, this this artist is absolutely popping off on TikTok, and they very well may be, but they're not worth shit in ticket sales <laughs> yet. <laughs> right. Maybe they will be, yeah. um, but they're not yet. So I will go look at: is one, are they performing anywhere yet? Is this mm. their first show? Is is this their first tour? Have they been on support with anyone? Have they played this market? Mm -hmm. um and try to also go find what is their show like so go try to go find some sort of live video of them performing too just like Mm -hmm. like even if there is nothing else to back this up besides their socials like maybe they haven't even released music yet or not a lot
2: Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm.
0: are people paying attention and engaging with them and i'll go look at that too ultimately it's also a gut feeling how do I feel mm. about this? I, I would like to say that I have great music taste. So, and do have been pretty good about that gut feeling. I've been wrong 1000%, but I, I'm more often right than I mm. am wrong when it comes down to that, um, cool. which maybe that's how I got here. I don't know.
2: <laughs> um, but cool.
0: for yep. the most part, I will say there's not many cases that come my way that are in that position. Um, okay. There are a few. I'll and, if I book something that the on sale shit and mm-hmm. we're seeing this be like being a product of that, what can we do to change that?
2: Mm-hmm. What can
0: we do to push the show of the show and help this artist mm-hmm. who we may believe can get there and just hasn't yet Yeah, to make this better. So the, you know, that's, I will say being a marketer before I was a buyer, mm-hmm. that is, that has helped me um, with communicating about shows, being able to dial in with my marketer and kind of, Hey, this is what I would do. This is what I think. Let's go this route. And I, I will pretty much every time get on a marketing call to dial in on something like that too, um, to be a part of that conversation.
1: Cool. And so let's talk a little bit about marketing. Uh, Mm -hmm. what do you do? What does the Troubadour do to help market the shows?
0: Sure. So our budget is small. Um, it's pretty much less than a thousand dollars per show. Um, Obviously, our newsletter number is pretty large. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, we run um, social media ads just like pretty much any other venue is going to. Mm -hmm. Um, And then outside of that, the grassroots stuff is, you know, we always want video. Video is still king, especially a video that's like engaging with Mm -hmm. fans. So I'm going to ask for a shout out video from the artist pretty much every time if if we have tickets left to sell. Cool. Um, cause why not? Cause most of the time artists are totally down to say, Hey, I got a show at the troubadour coming up. I want you there. Right. Yep. Um, we are starting to explore TikTok. Um, we okay. haven't totally done that yet. Um, it's okay. literally in the works in these last week or two.
2: Okay. Um,
0: so we're going to explore that route and just see what kind of engagement we can get there, sure. especially with artists who are active on TikTok. Mm-hmm. We're going to see how we can support there and vice versa. Um, cool. If we can get personalized videos going up there um, mm. for shows, because you know the younger audiences are engaged there. Yeah, um, they're not necessarily maybe seeing those Facebook and Instagram ads anymore. I sure. think we're seeing that start to change. Um, otherwise, we have a street team. We hit pretty much every side of town, um, mostly with calendar ads at this point. There's just not enough. What does that
1: mean? calendar. Answer.
0: Meaning here's everything that's coming up this month or ah. next two months versus so one show
1: with all the different yeah. Uh, yeah. acts coming up this month. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So we do
0: a lot of that. Um, and then we'll set up, you know, giveaways with Amoeba or, you know, if, it, if I do, we do like the dial in on this, especially if an artist lives here, Hey, where are your favorite spots to go? Can we connect with them and see mm-hmm. if they want to host a giveaway or help promote their show too? Okay. Um, so we'll do a little bit of that. And then also we've been doing some ticket hides lately too, Fun. Um, which is just another way to engage a little bit.
1: Um, oh, did folks, you do that so. with, uh, Charlie Hickey? Uh, yeah. show that he did that. He I, did. I saw that he's yeah. a friend of mine and, and um, yeah. I've known him since he was playing Genghis, uh, Cohen, uh, like way yeah. back with Phoebe Bridgers, like like eight years ago. I have ago, yet to see
0: something. a show in there. I just yeah. went and ate there one day with a friend. And <laughs> yeah. I've got to go see a show in there. I had no yeah. idea it existed. I think it's, it's so cool.
1: It's very tiny. It's, it's very fun, but there's a lot of history there. And uh, oh. it's cool. It's cool. You know, that... Catching Charlie and Phoebe there back in the day, and then you know them obviously. Well, Phoebe exploding and yeah. now her her yeah. lifting Charlie up as well, which is amazing. Um,
0: I'm a I'm a big Phoebe Stan um, oh, and yeah. everything she touches. So yeah. <laughs> I love
1: it all. <laughs> totally, totally. I uh, for some insider baseball knowledge. Um, I play a temple gig twice a month with Charlie's mom. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, I've been doing this for the last nine years. <laughs> and so like, you know, not eight, nine years ago, she's like, oh, you want to come see my son? Uh, he's 14. I was like, sure, oh, whatever, why God. not? And it was that Genghis <laughs> Cohen. And I was like, one, your son is fucking incredible. He was writing better <laughs> songs at 14 than I could ever dream of writing in my entire life. Yeah. And then Phoebe was up there too. And I discovered that, you know, both of them, she was yeah. 19 at the time. And I was like, I bought both of their uh, records on Bandcamp that night because that's all they had. They oh, yeah. had Some like you know four or five song things on yeah. Bandcamp, and I still have them, um, which they've been down. And then it's been fun to kind of see that grow um, from that. But yeah, it's a that's it's amazing. a fun fun room. Uh, you know, yeah. it's a lot of lot of history there, but cool. Um, so t- yeah, the ticket hides. Um, that's that's fun. That's uh, you know, it's it's something that uh, I I feel like we we sometimes forget the out of home that the physical marketing realm and like some of right. these like scavenger hunty things some of, like outside the box creative marketing yeah. tactics will get people talking and is actually can be even more effective uh than spending a bunch of money on uh facebook right. ads or something
0: you're right and you know we're constantly trying to think of more ideas like that to engage mm-hmm. with and just you know and it's another content piece you can put posting about too. So it's just like, it's all correlated. And, um, obviously there's an advantage here because so many artists that do play the room ultimately live in LA too. So sure. that's helpful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have, uh, a question for you that, um, I'm curious, well, one, what outside promoters do you have, do you bring in and what goes no, you're shaking um, your head. No. Well, none. let me let me rephrase that. Um, I'm looking at the calendar, and there is uh, this Kelly McGarry welcomes okay. night. Let's sure. talk okay. that.
0: Sure. So that is a, there are a couple, there are a couple of yeah. local people that the Troubadour has longstanding relationships with mm-hmm. that if we have a, if we have a, if we have a show, if we have a date, we need to help fill, we will reach out to, mm-hmm. um, and they have, you know, a relationship that exceeds me and they're close with the owners and they're the only people that they will allow to, to help look the room outside of myself. Uh, um, and that's it. Okay. But as far as proper promoters and promoter deals, they do not have it in our room.
1: Right. OK, yeah. that that's interesting. Yeah, because there, yeah. you know, she falls into the category which has given the Sunset Strip and a lot of these legacy venues a challenging um, uh, name, when, I guess, feeling when it comes to pay to play um You know mm-hmm. those shows in particular. I'm, I'm looking at the bands that are playing these the show this week, and you know they're all selling tickets through their Eventbrite, through their own Eventbrite, through their Instagram bios. And I've like hit, I've investigated this in the past, and I've like DM'd with them and hit them up, and even like contacted Kelly. And and it's kind of like this. uh It's like the pay to play. It's like you gotta you gotta sell a certain number of tickets, and then they're gonna you know if you're on the hook for that number of tickets, and it's like Kelly doing these deals and whatever, and like. You know, it was it's it's something that, you know, fortunately, I hadn't really seen at the Troubadour, um, but I'd seen at the Whiskey and the Viper and, you know, all of these other rooms that it's kind of like gave the strip. it, it, It took a turn and it was like the last 10, 15 years. Um, It was kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to the whiskey anymore. I'm not going to go to the Viper Room anymore. It's just become that, where it's like, Mm -hmm. let me throw five bands on a night. They have nothing to do with each other. Everybody, it is hit it and quit it. And it's kind of like, and it doesn't feel great for artists to being friends with so many artists when it's like they're being shaken down by promoters who are just like, you know, essentially standing at the doors, like you didn't sell 50 tickets. You got to give me some money before you get on. stage, you know, like that kind of stuff, sure. which is like, what is your take on this yeah. pay to play? Uh, well, concept here.
0: Let me, let me do preface with, I don't work with Kelly. She works okay. with the owner. Um, so that does not run through me. Um, sure. but my understanding is who does play the room with her are correlated in some way. And it's more seen as like a showcasing opportunity with her, And I don't know what she does at other rooms straight up. I do not. I can't comment on that. Um, I haven't been to any of her shows elsewhere. I don't know what that is like.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I do have, I do know what you're talking about. And I have heard that about the sunset strip and what's happened. And and that, that is heartbreaking. And that is not something I am a part of or whatever. Right. Participate in. And it's not something our room does either. She just has a long standing relationship with the room in general and with the owner Mm. and how that changes. I, I feel like we're doing less and less than that, and we will yeah. probably continue to do less and less than that, because quite yeah. frankly, we don't really need help filling our room for the most part, right? Sure, sure. Um, So I really can't speak to it a lot, because I, I don't, I don't, I'm not involved, just yep. to be straight up. It's it's not a part of my job and what I book at the cool. room at all.
1: Well, that's that's good, and that's nice to hear. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I get my you know the, the the red flags and the and the alarm bells start to go off whenever i see these kind of you know local promoters that are in extreme air quotes sure. uh, right now cuz you know as an artist um well someone who started as an artist and moved here 12 years ago uh to la and was getting hit up by every uh quote-unquote local promoter uh who you know would pitch me oh you want to play this back in the day you know you want to play the house of blues you want to play the whiskey you want to play the viper room well here's the deal man and it's like oh it's disgusting and like it's so sketchy and like every you know younger artist that just is you know not that experience it's like oh my gosh i get to play the troubadour holy shit right. yeah wh- like whatever you need from me thank you so much yeah. oh my gosh you're amazing like yes i'll pay you every all the money in my bank account if i can step on that state you know it's right. like so I it's very predatory and i've spent the better part of the last 10 years calling out a lot of these pay-to-play promoters on Ari's take and on digital music news and like yeah. you know i every legitimate promoter and talent buyer that I've ever yeah. spoken to. We don't agent. do that. No, no, you don't do that. And like, and and agents too, and, and promoters. They I don't mean, put up with it. No. So mm-hmm. it's like every artist that's listening to this right now is like, this is another opportunity for me to be like, yo, uh, you don't need a pay to play. If anyone approaches you, no matter what they call themselves, yeah. no matter what venue they say they're booking, run the other way. Don't work with them because if you are worth... Those tickets. If you can sell those tickets, and you can, can do fill it that room th- exactly, then yeah. you can do it. I yourself.
0: totally agree. I totally agree. And I again, it, I I coming from Nashville, I didn't hear about that happening ever. So when I got here and started to hear about that a little bit, because I was yeah. like, oh, I want to go see the whiskey, and I want to see the viper room, and someone was like, honestly, it's not like it was, and this no. is what happens in there now. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, what, why? Yeah, yeah. and also. How are those people who are working in those rooms fulfilled, knowing that that's what's happening at this point?
1: Oof, I they are of a bygone mm-hmm. era. Uh, I've dealt with a lot of them, yeah. and I've you know gotten into it with a lot of them because, like, I you know I've built my reputation as someone who will call people out. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm yeah. <laughs> like if you are if you are taking advantage of artists, independent artists and musicians, and yeah. you're pr- like preying on artists, like. I will call you out and try to shut that down. Um, but like it's, they are of a bygone era. A lot of them are washed up from the eighties. A lot of them, um, these, you know, it's like that's the whiskey and the you know heyday was the eighties. Um, and granted, the, the history there is incredible. I mean, you know, the Doors and like it's from the sixties and seventies and like it's, but it is of a bygone era, and it's kind of like it's the the philosophy is or why they're okay with it and and how they are able to you know come to terms with it is they just believe like this is just how it goes and how it is and you have to pay your dues and i'm helping you Showcase, uh and I'm helping you get into these rooms, and I'm the gatekeeper, and it's like there's too many other there's
0: too many other opportunities elsewhere where you don't have to do that. Or I'd say you might even have more success as far as overall long term than you go playing that one show because this person's pitching to you. Also, if a person has to pitch to you like that, I would say that's a red flag in itself.
1: Oh, man, yeah. I should just show you some of these emails that these local artists get. It is incessant. It is nonstop yeah. of just like, you know, they send the dates like, I could book you at this room and I could book you here and I got you here and this date is open for me. And it's like, it's nuts. And yeah, uh, yeah it is a very predatory practice. Um, and well, uh, but if you have advice. one that
0: is related to my rare I welcome it.
1: I will. I will pass. To challenge <laughs> that situation. <laughs> All good. Um, so, well, um, let me see here. Oh, I'm curious uh, when it comes to um, the um, just a quick. I, I was. I saw this meme that went around Instagram, and and I guess it was just like this this statement about um, the uh, merch cut when it comes to mm. you know that what is your Mm -hmm. slash the Troubadours philosophy or model when it comes to taking a a cut of the band's merch sales?
0: You know, this is something because of this, because I did read, you know, the story that went along this with that meme and how it happened. And I do agree to an extent. We never take more than 15%. That's our
1: standard. Okay. Um, Of every act that comes through.
0: Yeah. And we only take, we only take a merch cut on hard. I mean, on soft, not hard. Sorry, never no recorded. Yes, never no recorded music. at all. Uh-huh. Um, for us, personally, um, I think it's tough because there are nights where that does mean something to us where you're an act who is, not bring, is bringing everyone under the age of 21 because we're in all ages room. Mm. All, all, basically, every show at the Tribador is all ages. There might be one once in a blue moon Mm-hmm. But for the most part, every show is all ages. Mm-hmm. So that merch cut can mean something to us where we're not making shit on the bar. Sure. So that is where it becomes a, mm, I still need that. I'm an independent room. No one's backing me yeah. at all. Um, so that does help my bottom line. However, a promoter or a larger room where or a room. That's never going to have an all ages show. I do think that's an exception, and I have mm. seen that exception made, too. Um,
1: the exception of?
0: 100% to artists on merch. Okay, okay, okay. Um, or, or, 10, or 10%, or we're, we're only taking 10% cut or whatever, lower mm-hmm. percentage. Um, I do think it's crazy when I hear about clubs who are taking more than 15% on merch. Uh, to me, that is the max that should be allowed. Um, I'm not going to speak to arenas and tour hills. That is a whole sure. nother ball game. I can't sure. speak on that because it sure. also comes down to their deal and, you know, that promoter's not touching the bar, et cetera. Um, so I don't know if there is a blanket answer to that. I mm-hmm. do think it could be something that could be gone through deal by deal and show by show, which sometimes happens with me. I'm not going to say that there aren't shows where we give a hundred percent on March because there are, and it happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have we have kind of some internal rules to that on what the ticket price is and what type of show it is and so it's it's looked at um so i don't think there's a blanket answer but i do think it's a conversation that's worth having um if it's needed and i do hear you know those acts that hey 50 bucks means a lot to us especially support act who's making you know yeah. for me pretty much no support act makes less than 250 but you know there there's rooms where you make 100 200 bucks and they still collect merch which yeah i can totally see that and i think that is something we should change as an industry overall yeah. i agree cool.
1: yeah that's great so, that's great um okay cool uh so where you uh kind of moving forward what is the troubadour um you know what are you looking to for the future um and kind of uh over the coming year
0: well we are so busy this fall um as Amazing. we noted on yeah. um, and i'm i mean i'm looking heavy into 2023 as far out cool. as into the summer okay. at the moment wow. um, and yeah you know i think the focus is still trying to get back to that normal that we're all looking for. Yeah. Um I yeah. do think we've taken steps to get there, but you know, trying to navigate in the world that's still really weird. Um you're gonna see continue to see the underplays pop up. Sure. Um and the big um you know the big baby bands that are about to pop off, you'll still see us get those and they'll still be popping off. I will say the one we had this week that I commented on um for Tuesday, the Scarlet Opera. Those guys sold the show out, and they don't have any music out.
1: Wow! Oh my god. They <laughs> yeah. It
0: is a huge exception to the rules that we sure. all know and adhere by. And I was thoroughly, thoroughly impressed by the show as well. Um, cool. He's like a, a guy. His, his name's Luca. I would, relo- you know, relate him to Freddie Mercury. Like it was uh, a badass show. Yeah, it was
1: cool. So look their out for story? that. Is it, are they local or how do they? Yeah, sell they're the local. Without music out.
0: They're a local. They are a part of Scooter Bros management. Uh-huh. Um, he got a placement on, um, I believe, Love Island. And that's like the one song people knew in the room to sing. That was the okay. song, but they knew it. They all knew it, all the words. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know a song I heard on a TV show and never heard again. Like what? Um, yeah, they're just about to release their first couple songs, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if there's a plan for touring yet, but I'll look out for them. That was a insane show.
1: Oh my I God. Wait a minute. Okay, they've changed their name. This is funny. I know who okay. you're talking about. You okay. want to get, you want to know something about Scarlet Opera and uh, Luca? I know
0: he was in an older band, but the, apparently yeah. this band is completely different.
1: But, it, yes. okay, yeah. But I mean, he's a, he's yeah. an incredible, he's a f- yeah. phenomenal uh, front, front yeah. man. Um, and yeah, Freddie Mercury is a great comparison. I mean, he's this, this, Guy is, is amazing. Um, I've, I actually saw him play the troubadour um, with a different project. This is probably four years ago. I, was, I think I was cool. on a bill with him maybe four or five years ago. But anyway, he used to be my barista at Starbucks. Uh, oh my God, I love <laughs> Luca. Oh so every day I would go to Starbucks and he would give me coffee. So that's how we got to know yeah. each other. And then I remember the day that he quit. Uh, and um, I was like, where? where's luca in and, and then like oh he just got signed to scooter bronze management company so he quit <laughs> I was like, like oh okay that makes sense. you know
0: <laughs> statement but you know what i yeah, will say is those guys this was a complete one-off those guys built this show from the ground up and had a vision and they put that vision into that show like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i did a walkthrough with him and he was like you know, saying all the stuff you want to do on stage, or whatever. So then, when we got today's show, and I walked into the room, the lights were low, and they had the product, you know, their stage production set up. I was like, "Wow, they built all of this themselves." They—they wow. they put like this really cool um, backdrop up. It was like not aluminum, but long sheets of aluminum, and then made it with the blue light on it, and made it look kind of like ice. Mm. But the—the the theme of the night was opera, so they had a violinist open. And they had a burlesque dancer cool. and they built, they built a chandelier that spun over yeah. them over the stage that they just made themselves. And I was like, you don't see that happen too yeah. often. I think yeah. that's so
1: cool. So yeah. respect amazing. to
0: them. It was an amazing show.
1: So cool. You know,
0: everyone showed up. So, yeah,
1: Amazing, that's so great. Well Jordan, this has been so great. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I know how busy you are. Uh, I have one final question that I ask everyone who comes on the show and that is, what does it mean to you to make it in the new music business?
0: Yes, Um, I love the question. Um, For me personally, I think being a woman and a queer woman in the music industry and honestly, I, I see, drawbacks that some of my peers go through and i personally have not and have been very lucky um what triggered that thought for me was when i worked in that aeg office in nashville it was primarily female and primarily queer and i was like this is the music industry i want to be a part of so seeing that pan out and continue to happen it's fucking awesome to me and also you know getting to where i am now um it feels great. It feels awesome. I still get that feeling in the pit of my stomach when I see a show like Tuesday play off and get excited. And that's what success means to me, for sure.
1: Incredible. Jordan <laughs> Anderson, thank you so much. That was great. Thank you. Today's episode was edited by Maxton Hunter, theme music by Brass Roots District, and produced by all the great people at Ari's Take. And once again, quick shout out to my partner, Bandzoogle. You can design any website on Bandzoogle, get 15% off, and a 30-day free trial by using the code Ari. That's bandzoogle.com. Use the promo code Ari. Aye.